You're listening to the Rise and Align with Food podcast. I'm Rashandi Yates. Eight years ago, I found myself struggling with food and my weight. I was pre-diabetic, 100 pounds overweight, and felt like my life was getting smaller with every passing day. I know firsthand how hard it can be to break free from those struggles. And that's why I'm here to share my story and the simple tools that helped me retrain my brain and release 70 pounds. Let's work together to see what's possible for you so you too can finally break free from binge eating, lose weight, and have peace with your food and your body. Welcome, and thank you for pressing play. Hi, welcome back to the Rise and Align with Food podcast. And I'm your host, Rashandi Yates. And it is already February 9th. It's the 5th as I'm recording this, but... I cannot believe that it's already (laughs) almost midway through February of 2024. Um, It is really just unbelievable how the time can just go by so fast if you're not paying attention. Uh, So this is a reminder to pay more attention and be more present. But today we're going to be talking about a topic that might seem a little odd, but then you may understand exactly what I'm talking about when we're talking about the fear of actually achieving your goal weight. And so we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about how to overcome it. And we're going to talk about what is really underneath this fear. And so I'm just going to go ahead and dive in. It may end up being a shorter episode. We'll see how it goes. But, you know, if you are like many um, you may have had this underlying fear of actually achieving your goal weight, of actually losing weight, of actually being successful. And you might think, oh, well, that's crazy, but it actually is a real thing. It actually is something a lot of people experience. And there is something that is underneath this. There is a reason for this. And, you know, you hear it come up in different ways. You hear it come up in the form of, there's different ways that it can manifest, let's say. So for example, it can manifest where when you people start commenting because you are, you know, obviously leaner, people start noticing it and, and saying, oh, you look so good, you know, and you might shy away from that. You might feel nervous about it. You might start to be fearful that you're not going to continue. Like maybe you're going to um, start gaining some of the weight back and then feel and then you'll feel like you look bad in front of them, you know. Um maybe you think that they're gonna think of you as someone who who failed. Another way that it can come through is self-sabotage. You know, maybe every time you hit a certain weight on the scale, you feel really great about that. You feel better in your body. And then all of a sudden you find yourself just going and binge eating on a lot of things that are out of alignment for your goals. And so there's different ways that this can crop up and it comes to really this fear of success. And you might say, well, why, why would I fear success? And the simple answer for this that's going to sound way too simple is it is just something different. <laughs> so, you know, we just get comfortable. We get comfortable with where we are and we're the way that we are um as humans, the human part of us, because you know, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, if you're new here, you may or may not know this, but I am 
someone who believes that there's much, much more to us than than just this physicality. And even so, we do have this physicality and we have our brains and our brains really want predictability. Our brains really want comfort. And when we start doing things that are different, things that are new, then our brains can start to basically give us a lot of resistance, a lot of hormones that are telling us, uh, chemicals rather, that are telling us, stop, stop, stop. You know, this isn't right. This doesn't feel good. But when it's really just signaling that this is new, this is different, this is uncomfortable. And so our brains are really wanting that predictability. And when we start to change, when we start to make that progress toward what we want, you know, the the funny thing about it is it requires something new. It requires things to change. It requires being in unfamiliar territory and, and being there long enough until that unfamiliar becomes familiar so that your brain can adjust to it. And so a lot of times when you start to self-sabotage, when you get to, when you get closer to your goal weight and then, you know, and for like, I know for me for a lot of years, it was every time I would get to a specific weight, then all of a sudden I would just start, it seemed like my cravings were amped up and I would stop, I would not only stop losing weight, but I would immediately start reverting and going backwards. So what is this? You know, what is this strange phenomenon? And my favorite way of thinking about it is from a book that I read uh, several years ago now called The Big Leap. It's written by Gay Hendricks. And in The Big Leap, he calls this the upper limit problem. And so what the upper limit problem is, is that it's a setting. It is a set point, really. A set point of how successful, how happy you'll allow yourself to be. And what happens is when you start to hit that upper limit, that's when all of a sudden all hell will break loose, either in the endeavor that you're trying to pursue, like if it's weight loss, or it could be even in another area. And here's the thing, for those who are, who have some type of dependency that, and when I say dependency, I don't mean that in terms of like, you can't be without it. Like what I mean is you've developed a conditioned dependency. That's what I want to say, because, you know, so much of this is narrative. So much of this is interpretation. So much of this is stories. And so for those of us who have conditioned ourselves into um, using some something, a substance or a behavior to comfort ourselves, what happens is the moment that we hit these upper limits, we end up going into that pattern of trying to soothe and comfort ourselves using the very thing that often we're trying to break away from. You know, to use an example that is really obvious is alcoholism, right? Or drug addiction. You know, many times addicts will be trying to stop using and then they will have some type of completely unrelated incident, um, crisis, something that happens in their lives. And what's the first thing that they'll do for those who are addicted? They will turn back to 
the drugs or the alcohol. Well, this is very, very similar to what happens with food eating behavior. So I don't necessarily subscribe to food addiction only because what I found is that as soon as we put up these roadblocks in our head about food being a drug, it can often trigger resistance. And, you know, you've probably heard me say on the podcast before that when we resist, our brains resist change. So, but I think a more useful way of looking at it is to look at the behavior, look at the addictive pattern of turning to food or overeating food. Those are behaviors. And when you look at this same metaphor, but look at it through the lens of someone who is who feels like when they are around food, they feel out of control oftentimes. Well, that's a conditioned behavior. It's something that is turned to when, you know, stress chemicals are present. And and now this is only for people who feel out of control with with around eating. Um, there are people, of course, who, you know, who overeat. And it's really, it's really not this that's going on with them. It's, you know, it can be a lot of other things too. But for those who feel out of control, for those who feel shame, for those who feel like they're in this constant internal battle, they have constant food thoughts. And if you're experiencing that, then this is something to look at. Could you be actually using food to bring yourself back down from positive experiences? Because when you feel peace without food around, or when you feel very present when food isn't around, when you feel really joyful when food isn't around or successful, when that's coming from inside of you, If you find yourself turning to food in those moments and then start finding yourself relapsing or finding yourself backsliding or, you know, you start to basically undo all your progress. And remember these, a lot of these statements, I want to give a caveat that they are just interpretations. Just because you're thinking in your mind, I'm undoing all my progress, that does not mean that you're actually undoing all your progress. Okay, what does that even mean? Like, how do you even quantify that you're undoing all your progress? What does all your progress actually mean? You know, does that mean that when you learned how to do this new skill, have you undone that? No, probably not. You still have that skill and you can still go back to that skill at any moment, right? A lot of times when we're using these blanket statements, it's catastrophizing and it's actually not true. And when you're having those experiences, ask yourself, is this an upper limit problem? Is this, um, is this, am I hitting my set point? Am I actually, what was happening right before I decided to go and turn to food? Was I feeling good about something? So, you know, I think we're so used to associating um, binge and emotional eating and things like that with negative emotions. And we're less familiar with the the other side of the coin, which is what happens when things are actually going well and how do we bring ourselves back into that old familiar territory of things not going so well. And a lot of times it's these same coping strategies that we return to over and over again in order to do that. And we don't even realize it. And, but here's a 
good thing. Here's the good news that you can actually start to use this to your advantage. So I'm going to share with you how I've done it in my own life. And this, by the way, this is this is one of those. It's kind of like the Swiss army knife of techniques. This strategy that I'm about to share with you, I teach it to my students and they are all they're shocked at all of the benefits that are inherent inside of the strategy when they use it, because it just covers so many areas. It helps you to stop binge eating. It helps you to, when you're having a craving, it helps you to have that craving and get through it without necessarily acting on it if you choose not to. It helps you to rewire your brain, reprogram yourself. It helps you to just feel more present and happier and joyful and It can help you to raise your set point for how much success you'll allow yourself to have. And here's how. This tool, this technique is a tool based in mindfulness. And it's it's urge surfing. You can actually Google this, right? And all it involves is simply acknowledging when you're having some type of urge. That could be an urge to overeat. It could be an urge to eat chocolate when you're feeling stressed. It could be an urge to stop working when you know that, you know, you're on a deadline. It could be an urge to not do your laundry when, you know, you told yourself you're going to do your laundry. Like so many things, when you have an urge, you know, to snap at your partner, there's so many applications for this. But when you recognize that you're having that urge, what you're doing is you are growing your awareness and you're becoming more present in that moment. Just the act of becoming more present is already starting to expand your threshold for what, for how much joy, how much good feeling you're, you're um, allowing into your experience just by that one thing alone. But we're going to go a step further. Now that you've acknowledged it, you can now allow that experience to be in your experience without judgment. And what this looks like is like, say you're having an urge to eat cake. Well, so often what people will do is say immediately try to think of something else or immediately try to stop the craving from from being there or immediately, even immediately acting on it, right? Or immediately... Um, saying, telling yourself no and just getting into an internal debate and struggle with it. And yet the moment that you can say, you know, this urge is here and it's just, and it's okay. It's okay that it's there. You're going to start to notice something. You're going to start to notice that feeling already start to soften. It already starts to ease up just by saying, this is part of my experience and it's okay. It belongs. And once you do that, you already start to expand your threshold for what you are willing to allow in terms of positive feelings that are generated from inside of you. And that's what this really all is coming down to is being able to have that that internal sense of well-being, that internal sense of strength, that internal sense of power. When you start to really be present to your internal ability to really shift 
how you feel in any given moment, you're literally stepping into your power in that moment. But we're going to go even further. So now that you've acknowledged it, now that you've said, okay, this is all right, this experience is okay, and you've already noticed that it's dissipating, but even still, you're going to ask yourself, where is this urge? Where is it in my body? Because as soon as you ground yourself into your body, then you start to have the power to shift the the sensations. Well, not shift them. Let me put it a little bit differently is that you're actually able to ride the waves of the sensations as they shift. Because actually, the truth is that they shift all on their own. They just naturally do this, you know? And you've probably experienced this before. If you have ever been in a situation where you were so focused on a need, you know, like say you have a need to... Huh, the best example I can think of right now, and it's not really the best, but let's say you need, you got to pee like really, really, really bad. And all you can think about is going, is finding, um, you know, a public bathroom or whatever, because you have to pee, but then something gets your attention. Maybe you see a friend on the street, you know, and you start chatting with them. And then all after a while, you're like, oh my God, I totally forgot I had to use the bathroom. <laughs> well, it's the same thing with these urges, right? If we actually just get caught up and absorbed in something else that seems more important in that moment, we totally, totally forget about the urge and it goes away on its own. But when we're so focused on, oh my God, there's an urge. Oh my God, I have a craving. Oh my God, I can't stop thinking about cake or cookies or whatever it is. Then that resistance that we are embodying in that moment actually keeps the urge lingering. It actually feeds it and makes it feel more intense and more intolerable. Well, it's not that the urge is necessarily more intense. It's really that we've now piled up so much resistance on top of it that it feels intolerable. So when you have these urges, these are opportunities in that moment to actually use them to your benefit. Because when you're having an urge to, you know, to turn away from a positive emotion or to sabotage, you know, your healthy eating habits or whatever, if you can really look at it through the lens of this upper limit problem, you can start to see that these are these are actually gifts. These are actually opportunities. In fact, I was sharing with you oh, a minute ago you know, I was working with a student and, you know, that student also observed a trigger in their life and they were able to say, oh my gosh, good. I'm having a trigger. Why? Because when you start to look at these cravings and urges through the lens of this upper limit problem, and when you have the skills and the tools to leverage those moments to your benefit, they become little gifts. (laughs) They become truly gifts that help you to grow and evolve and to have more joy and to be more peaceful. They become triggers that actually allow you to be more present in your life. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode. And I would love to know what your thoughts are on the episode send me a DM on Instagram. Let me know your thoughts and I will catch you on another episode of the Rise and Align with Food podcast. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have gained any value from this episode or from the podcast in general, then I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes. It is such a big help. It helps me to reach more people. And if you did gain any insights, I would love to hear your takeaways and how you're implementing these tools. Over on Instagram, you can follow me at Rashonda Yates and send me a DM and let me know what you are using, what you're taking away from the episode, what your ahas are, things that you're seeing differently. I love having conversations with you over there. And until next time, I'll catch you on an episode on on another episode. Bye.